And mum goes, can you just tell me how it would work with the woman? I just don't know. And I'm like, mum, oh, my God, you are as straight as a toothpick. And she goes, how do you know her? I'm like, mm. <laughs> she, She's getting a bit saucy, that one. She's a bit saucy. Hello again, it's me, Maria The Till, and you're listening to The Maria The Till Show. And now I know the show is fresh and new, so let me remind you all what this show is. We explore sex, feminism, love, personal development, pop culture, social issues, and everything in between. And you can also talk to me directly on Ask Maria, where you DM me your questions and I answer them directly. So thank you for joining my world. And you're joining me on a very special episode where I'm joined by my brother Dominic and my father Tony, and we have some pretty interesting conversations. Now, one may include me telling my dad what a fuck buddy is. <laughs> will, will I do it? You'll have to wait and see. But outside of all of this, we dive into attitudes towards sex and women across generations and how my dad, as an ex-priest, openly loved and accepted his two queer kids. I'm too excited to get into this one. So let's go. I'm just going to jump right in and so cue Dominic the Till, my brother, my dad, Tony the Till. Welcome Hello. to the show. Okay, needs to just yeah. cut me off. <laughs> serenade. I, I thought we were going to take it in turns, you know? Like, no. Dominic the Till, like it's like a ring entrance for wrestling. So I've, I've gathered you all here today because we have something, <laughs> we have something to talk about. And look. I think the best way to just jump in is by putting a question to you, Father. Um, Shoot. Okay, so here's the thing. Do you remember about a year ago we were having a chat? And this was when I was single. I mean, I am single now. But when I was single last year, do you remember what I was telling you about a man that I was casually involved with? Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember, you yeah. remember the conversation, oh, no. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was seeing a guy, it was a situation ship and it was for a couple of months. It was with an older man and I am very open with my parents, but my brother thinks I'm too open with my parents. And I was telling mum and dad about it and, you know, it forced me to sort of introduce a concept to them that they're not particularly familiar with. <laughs> so I just think, um, I'm just going to ask you, dad, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you remember when Dominic and I had a conversation and we taught you what a fuck buddy is? Oh my god, I just said it. D did we? <laughs> I. This must be a repressed memory, because girl, I'm trying. Do you remember? Uh, you were I, there. You said to me, you should not be teaching them this, and I said, uh, okay, that makes they have sense. To learn. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> they have to learn. They've been what. married for like 40 years. Why do they have to learn? I just think they want to be in the know. Uh, okay, I get it. I remember. You do? Uh, I remember. Do that. you know what it is? I know. I guess in I the know. context of your situation. So, do you know what it is? Can you explain what you think it I is? I think what I understood then was that that kind of a relationship was just casual mm -hmm. with no commitment. Mm -hmm. uh, if I want to use the word purely Pleasure focus. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can say physical. Okay, uh, physical. Just physical. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. You asked the question. No, I never. I didn't think he was going to say that word. Play oh, stupid games well, and stupid prizes. Fuck around and find out. Yeah. So, Welcome to the. Let dad speak. Yeah. So, and I think my response to you was this. Uh, I, I remember that. Learn to respect yourself, and your value. So you are not a toy for someone else. 
you're not a plaything. That's what I told you. Mm-hmm. And I think we left the conversation there. And also, I try to let you know that um, if there is no commitment of any sort, that's not what we are meant to be. Interesting. I think basically, I think self-respect was what I was aiming at. Mm. And do you want to be less than Mm. what you should be? That's what I was trying to get at. Was I surprised? In a way, yes, I was. uh, That my kid could be involved in that way. But did I say it is not normal? I believe it happens. Mm. It happens. Mm. And... One of the things that I took away from that, uh, that conversation is really etched in my, in my mind. <laughs> Let mm. me tell you, I haven't forgotten. Mm. Uh, is that you were vulnerable in sharing what you shared. Mm. And I always believe vulnerability is strength. Mm-hmm. And most often, I do not like to pretend that I haven't had thoughts like that. Mm. Therefore, I have to tell you, it's okay. Mom, don't listen. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. I, I, I felt it's okay. Yeah. But what's most important was for you to be able to come and tell me and share that openly. And you're willing to listen. Mm. And I think you took action after that too. I did. And I can I just say a couple of things? So with the self-respect thing, because mm-hmm. that stuck out of my mind, right? And I want to be really clear about something here. What I did take away from that conversation with you was not that being involved in a consensual, like it was a mutually consensual situation. Both this person and myself agreed that that's what it was. But being my parents, I think you both knew I had feelings And even if I wasn't necessarily aware of it. And so I was in a situation where somebody didn't have emotional capacity to give me what I needed. And I was saying, no, 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 this is cool. This is cool. So when you had the chat with me and said, no, no, respect yourself a little more to walk away from something like that, I did. But that is not to say, and this is where maybe I have a difference in opinion to you. I don't think that being involved in consensual, casual, physical relationships where both people are clear that that's all it is, I don't think that lacks self-respect because I have different views on sex. And, and I, also having that kind of agency is quite empowering, I personally believe. Yeah, but I, sure. but I do think with mum and dad, they knew with that particular person. It's interesting that you picked up on that because it stuck out to me as well, but they were probably saying that because the situationship you were in, probably had a few more feelings than even you realized at that point in time. At the time, and I was in deep. And mum and dad were sort of just like, you deserve better. And they wouldn't have said that if they could tell that I was completely like unattached. But I personally feel, for me, I have no issue being involved in a situation like that if the boundaries are clear, if both people understand that, hey, I don't expect anything else from you, I'm completely unattached. I personally don't think that compromises my own self-respect or my own needs if I don't want something else from the other person. But I recognize that that is, it's not a very comfortable concept for you because you grew up in a different time. But you said earlier, dad, you said something about commitment and what we are not meant for when you were talking about how in that particular situation, I was not getting commitment from that person. And I had said, okay, I don't want commitment, but you said, no, you deserve more. And I get that. But what if I were to tell you, and now this is going on a different tangent, but like, what if I were to tell you, like, I don't 
necessarily believe that I as a person am meant for a partnership. And it's not to say I might not meet someone and fall in love and decide to commit to somebody, but I'm not going to make decisions measuring myself up against that. Like if I don't meet someone that I want to commit to, I would rather be single because I know I'm enough and all my needs are met by myself. I'm financially secure. I have a lot of love in my life. I've got, you guys have got the best friends. If I want to have casual relationships, cool. I'm meeting those needs. But if I don't ever end up committing to someone because I haven't met someone I want to commit to, like I'm okay with that. How does that make you feel? I think that's fine. I, I, I would think that's fine. So I used to be a, a Catholic priest and I didn't become a Catholic priest uh, overnight. So even as a little kid, I started preparing myself, I think, at the age of 13. Mm. And that was a decision that I took. So I left home when I was 12, 13, mm. studied far away from home, and all my life honestly prepared for that. Now, did I grow up as a young man with no feelings, wasn't human? That is a lie. Mm. If people don't want to speak about it, I grew up as a normal human being. Yeah. With all the desires, all the feelings, all the doubts, all the anxiety. Mm. I even remember in my puberty, uh, there was no mum or dad to talk about, to talk to. <clears throat> Why? Because there was nobody there. Because he was Because you, were, you out grew of up uh, I, I was, out of home. Uh, I was yeah. far away. I was mm. in a, a residential school. And all I had was the head of the institution. We used to call him the rector. And so you were somebody who, you were obviously going through these changes. You then had somebody that you could speak to. Yeah. Now, just to help, you know, even myself but and listeners understand, do you think if you were at home with your parents, you would have been able to talk to your mum and dad about this? I think knowing my mum and dad, I could have. And so, you know, just connect something for me. When we were growing up, you were extremely conservative and yeah. like, hear me out. Like you were very strict. Like, do you remember the, the razor thing with my shaving my legs? Do yeah, you remember that story? I remember that. Let me just paint you a picture of how strict my dad was growing up. <laughs> when I was 10, I am Indian. I am hairy. Okay. So <laughs> when I was 13 in my school photo, a friend's mom asked if I was wearing a sleeve. It was just <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so here's the thing. I remember I shaved my legs. I, st I stole mum's razor and I shaved my legs. And dad was really upset because he was like, well, if she's conscious of shaving her legs, like is she thinking about this next and that next? Because for you that indicated, oh, my God, my child is aware of her body. But I'm just giving dad grace here. Like you were an ex-priest who was immigrated to a new country, a Western country that had completely different norms and values. You sent me to a school where people were having sleepovers and, you know, girls were allowed to go to formals and have boyfriends. And you grew up, you went to a seminary. Like we had polar opposite, you know, growing up experiences. But what were the attitudes toward sex when you were growing up? Because whilst he explained that it was natural, were there certain ideologies around sex and when it was okay, when it wasn't? Definitely cons very conservative. Uh -huh. uh, even a taboo subject to mm. even speak, even among family members or mother, father, children. Like you said, 
sex was only spoken about in the context of like it's acceptable when you're married and you do it because you want to have kids and stuff like that. That is correct. And so fast forward for today and you have your kids are gay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but like you just you fast forward to today and you're in a situation where you've got two kids that you've had to raise in a completely different country. I've got a career in media where I talk about things like this very openly and we're both openly queer and very very vocal and I have that relationship with you. But you know, I can't even imagine having this conversation with you 10 years ago, dad. Like no, no, I, I actually can't. Actually, you say that, but I probably came out about say I came out when I was 19. That was literally 8 years ago. And when I told dad, I think I just hit an impasse in my life where I was like I just can't hold this in anymore and I didn't do it as like a hey, can we sit down, talk about this. I literally just came home one night. I told mum and dad, "Guys, I had sex with a man and I liked it. I'm gay. I don't know what else to do." <laughs> mum had a bit of a more volatile reaction, but dad yeah. was actually the one that Again, it took you off guard too. I don't know why we expect that dad's going to because he was a priest maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's because of the way that he would react to you flirting with guys. But when I came out to him, I think he made that extra effort to actually try and understand it. There was like a bit of a discrepancy mm. within him. It's okay to feel the way you feel. That's what I told you. And so today I'm open. I'm accepting and I've got to practice what I preach. Mm. And I've told you this from very little but to both of you. I have only one right. Mm. One right. That is to love you unconditionally. Yeah. And not judge our decisions. So I'm breaking up the episode with my regular segment Ask Maria. And just so you remember, Ask Maria is where you can DM me on my Instagram email me your questions or send me an audiogram which by the way is my preference because i just love hearing your voices and i want to talk to you directly and no matter what i'm going to answer your questions directly i only have 1 minute to respond so it's 3 questions 3 minutes of value and if you want to submit a question all the info is in the show notes but now i'm going to throw to my producer Blake and get into my first question Hi Maria, I grew up in a family who weren't very comfortable with openness and often encouraged us kids to keep it to ourselves. I've always admired your family's bond and want to break the ice with my parents rather than have base level conversations. Do you have any advice on how I can do this? That's a beautiful beautiful question and when I think back to when our family was like that, I think the first thing you should do is manage your expectations. And I love that you admire my family bond, but know that it took years and years and years of open conversations to get to a point where I can have this level of openness with my parents. So I would say to you, start when you're in a situation where everybody's feeling safe and your parents are in a good place. Like if they're really stressed or highly strung after work, that's probably not the time to sit down and be like, "Let me tell you all about the orgasm I had last weekend." Um, perhaps not. <laughs> I think wait for them to be in a really good headspace and it depends what you want to talk about it, you know, how you want to broach the subject with them. But I'd sit them down and and just say like, "So, I don't know if you're open, but like I want to talk about some stuff that's been going on in my life." Are you open to it? Do you have space for this? And I think that's something that we've learned to do in our family. We ask if the other person has capacity and we go into it. And it'll take time, but over time you will get there. All right, on to the next one. I've always had a special relationship with my nan, and she's a strong woman, but never talks about her past traumas and lets her emotions out in not the best ways. How can I encourage her to talk a bit more? This is so beautiful because this makes me think of my big mama who quite literally 
went through a lot in her life, a lot of trauma, but she never used to speak about her own things. She would sooner tell us funny stories, like fake stories, like she had affairs with Bill Gates and weird things like that, (laughs) than she would actually talk about her own traumas. And so I think if you want to be able to elicit those stories, because it's so valuable, right? Like capture these stories from older generations in your family while you have them. I think get them in a space where you're spending some time. I don't know if you like to have a cup of tea with your nan. I used to sit down with mine and joke about Johnny Walker on the rocks. Um, But sit with them and just start talking and just ask, you know. And she'll give you what she's feeling safe to give you. But hopefully the more you do it and the more you ask those questions and you show an interest and hold a space for it, hopefully she'll open up more. But these things, again, they take time. But do it when she's feeling safe. And hopefully you get to capture those special memories with your nan. Maria, this is a you question. What are some tips you have for being more open? I get so much anxiety around being vulnerable and avert, but I want to push through it. Well, as an anxious girly, I'm going to say don't try and go from zero to 100 really quick because, for example, even on social media now, if there's something that I want to say as someone who was very open, but I have this little niggling feeling in my gut that I'm going to regret it or I'm going to constantly check my socials and be like, what are people saying? What are they doing? I'm not going to put it out there. So similarly, I'm going to tell you, don't try and force yourself to go from being very, very reserved to trying to be overly open and something that you're not comfortable being. Start by sharing little by little. And I think that to be able to do that, you need to be able to question the stories you have told yourself. And so for me, when it came to being open about sex, being open about being queer or dating, I first had to within myself resolve why do I feel shame about these things in the first place? And I arrived at a place where I realized that the shame was taught and it's me trying to fit somebody else's blueprint of who I should be. And you know what I say? I say, fuck the blueprint. So do that, believe that, unlearn that in yourself and then start sharing at a pace that you're comfortable with. So that was three minutes of value, three questions, three listeners. We love hearing from you. So please make sure you write into the pod with whatever questions you have for me. And I will do my best to answer yours on next week's episode. But for now, back to the episode. If I judge, I cannot love. But, but you know, for you to get to this point where you are here to be super conservative and have these ideas about sex because you grew up in that time where, okay, so just now to just bring it and tie it all in, you grew up in a time where, yes, sex was taboo. You talk about it in the context of marriage and reproduction. That's it. You move to Australia with your wife. You've just left priesthood and you're raising two kids. So you are carrying over those beliefs about sex and those attitudes towards sex and relations with people of the opposite sex That's what you taught us when we were growing up and just, you know, what it was like for us growing up because you and mum were very strict. And I want to have this conversation with you honestly, because you've now come to this point where you are open, but I'm thinking about parents and families where they're not there yet and just something to think about. And you can tell me this might not be the case for you, but for me, because we grew up with so much hush hush and taboo around sex, dad, for me... I thought it was something to be ashamed of. And as a woman growing up in a society that very often dad slut shames women and victim blames women when something goes wrong, I was constantly taught to feel shame if ever I exercised agency over my body. Like I remember with my first kiss, I kissed that boy in my MSN. Is personal. this the pinball machine story? Not the pinball machine story, a different story. Uh, okay, never mind. So this was my first kiss at 14 and he asked me 
At 14, I was a child. He asked me to perform oral sex on him and I said no because I was scared. He went and told everyone at school that it happened anyway and everyone believed him. And what did everyone say? They said, she's a slut. And at 14, I didn't even know what that was. And I started to learn, oh my God, if I have agency over my body and I do things, if I kiss a boy, if I do this, I'm a slut. I should feel shame for this. At 19, 20, 21, I've got so many stories, dad, of when men have lied about things that have happened with me. And I've sat back and felt so much shame for something that is so natural and for something that men are not held to the same standard for. Growing up thinking that sex is something to be ashamed of and in a context where women are made to feel like when they have agency over themselves and their body, it's not okay. That made me feel really ashamed of it and it made it so really hard. Society traditionally has always been patriarchal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes, men had the license mm. and women did not. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, I grew up in that yes. time, that era. Yeah. But I'm a person who believes if, if I'm <laughs> if I'm not able to change with the times, mm. I will be left behind. Love that. Mm-hmm. So love uh, this journey uh, for you. Yeah, <laughs> I, no no no. I, I am willing to change. I have been willing to change. I'm willing to learn. Mm. And it becomes almost compulsory when the experience is with your own kids. Mm. If I cannot love you, then who can love you? I love that. It's well, true. That's it. And the thing is, I don't own you. Mm. You have been gifts to me. Mm. You have been gifts to me. Oh, sure. And as I said, yeah, there are things. I'm not a perfect man. When I look back and I say, oh, my God, I could have done so many things so much better if only I had a second chance. Well, that is not possible now. I can't see you little anymore 30 and 27 but this is my opportunity so if it's any consolation <laughs> but if there's any consolation we still come to you as though we are yeah but Dad, 12 and as if we do, 10 but, years old but we come to you more often because you Actually, have that journey true. like because and now i tell you and dominicals tells me girl you were way too open with mom and dad but dad i come to you and tell you these things and i want to let you into my life because I know now there is no judgment and that's the beautiful thing. And, and when you said one thing, I just want to say to you, because you've said this to me before and it breaks my heart if you actually think this, when you say, I wish I could go back and there are things I wish I did differently and I could learn better. That's a fact. But dad, everyone does that. And yeah. there are things that I look back on and I'm like, oh God, I wish I did that differently. But for you, and I'm going to shout this from the rooftops, you at your 68 years young, but you grew up in a time like that you said, it was it was even more patriarchal than it still is. And you grew up being raised to be a priest and you grew up in India. And for you to shed every bit of culturally conservative and religious teachings that were misogynistic, that were patriarchal, that were queerphobic just to love your kids, don't regret what you could have done differently, but be really freaking proud of who you are now. Because the way you are now... It, to me, it proves to me that it is never too late for someone to change. And when people say, oh, they're just, it's a different generation or they're just this. No, Mm -hmm. look at my dad. Because Mm -hmm. you are the most open-minded, non-judgmental, loving person. I still remember when I went on a first date with the woman, I called you and you were the first person I told. And 
it's just it makes me really proud and that's why now I'm so open with you and I'm telling you about you know who I'm dating now and what I'm doing and I want you and mom involved every step of the way I'll yeah. show you photos I and feel like tell even you the adversity and... of your bad decisions that you're saying you regret actually made you a lot more I, I actually feel like to your benefit it made you so much more caring because we have people in our own family that when they've come out it has become that's what I was scared of it's like we know people that have come out in the family that unfortunately have been annexed permanently and I thought coming out to my very conservative family that might be me next he did not for a second alienate me from the moment I came out to him and I was like probably one of the first people in our extended family to come out and every step of the way dad just tried to understand me so what was your thought process then because I think with dad and I'm going to say like with both mum and dad cuz mum is so open mum's like the biggest like ally but she's yeah. also like mum is also I a little ha- I bit I had to more... break her down a lot there. Wait, mum's a little there? bit more like bless mum she's a little bit more religious than dad and I think sometimes she might be a little bit more uncomfortable with the sex conversations but she still tries like bless her she was on the phone to me the other day saying can you just can you just tell me how it would work with the woman? I just don't know. And I'm like, Mom, oh, my God. You are as straight as a toothpick, but I will try and tell Actually, you. Actually, when you said I'm straight as a toothpick, she's like, how do you know? What was, what was oh, that yeah. again? This is a funny story just to interject, but my mum one day we were all in the family kitchen and mum goes, so... Dominic, this old friend of mine, Jake, posted a Pride logo on Facebook. Is he gay? <laughs> and we were like, mm, no, mum, in the same way that you're not, but you post a lot of, you know, allyship stuff. You know, you're straight as a toothpick. And she goes, how do you know? I'm like, mm, mm, mm. She, She's getting a bit saucy, that one. She's a bit saucy. But mum's a bit more religious and a little less comfortable with the sex talk and things like that. But dad, I guess I just want to ask, you know, you went... I get that this is what you think, but like when, I would say when you came out, that was the first time mum and dad have ever really been confronted with, okay, my kids are sexual, physical beings. They're talking about their sexuality. They have a sex life. And we're no longer, you know, kids who are being raised by strict parents, but we're adults that they have to grapple with. So what was going through your mind? Basically, it became in a way, it wasn't easy. It was confronting, let me tell you, honestly. Mm. But the only thing that made me think, no, I need to think differently, is because you are my kids. Mm. And nothing can take away from the fact that you are my kids. Mm. The same as saying, my kid is a dancer, my kid is a musician, my kid is a doctor, an engineer, Mm. my kid is gay. Mm. He's I Mike. love that, like, being queer is my profession now. No, no. <laughs> my kid no. is Certified a- queer. No, 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 no. My kid. <laughs> Frame that queer. shit. No. Yes. He's my kid yes. nonetheless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And therefore I say, if I stop to think and judge you, I would stop loving you from then. Yeah. I couldn't. Mm. So I could only love you when I say, no, he is my kid. I have no judgment. So would you say that's when you started to become comfortable with having these yes. kinds of conversations with Just us? Just the feeling that this is my flesh and blood. And therefore, it doesn't matter what he or she thinks, still my flesh and blood, my kid, uh, I have to love. And I feel like that situation in our family, and that was when dad and mom started to have these conversations around sex and dating and stuff, because I guess up until that point, I'd always done the 
I've got the, the textbook perfect boyfriend. Yeah, long-term so perfect boyfriend. So it was like easy for my dad. And I was dad, bringing yeah. men home and they were like, okay, what do we do with no, this? Uh, uh, what uh, is the dynamic? He can just stay for a night? Like, how does no, this work? I can like, let, like, let they me. let me though. They would let me bring like a guy over for like one night. No, but like, that's what I want to ask what the thought process is, dad, because we're here now where you love and you accept us. But I think we still live very differently to what, you know, you might have accepted as the norm when, you know, we're talking about dating standards, right? So for me, and I can't speak for you because you're a long-term relationship person, I'm obviously single and I tell you guys when I go on dates and I tell you guys when it's just a situationship, I tell you guys when it's casual. So we obviously have different views on whilst you are accepting. Um, I think we have very different views on how we think about sex because for me, I've sort of evolved as someone like, you know, as a young girl who grew up feeling a lot of shame and stigma and that it's taboo. I've now grown into a woman where I've absolutely shed all of that because mm-hmm. on top of that, I started to think of sex as one, yes, purely reproductive, but two, something I had to do for the man in the situation and I didn't honor my own self and my own needs and recognize that actually this can just be a beautiful experience between two people where I matter too and what I want matters too. That's what I was saying. Yes, mm-hmm. what exactly what you were saying where it's like your needs and things like that. So now as a, as a woman, especially as a queer woman, I date mostly women, I would say, and I'm very comfortable you know, having an understanding with say someone who's just purely a sexual partner and I know maybe there's no commitment and we're just enjoying each other and there are boundaries and things like that. I'm very comfortable with that because the way I think about sex now is not that it's this thing to be put on a pedestal. I don't think it's purely reserved for marriage and this is just for listeners so they understand me a little bit better. I don't think it's something that should be reserved for marriage. I don't think it's something to be talked about purely in the context of reproduction i think when you talk about sex it's about a physical experience between two consenting two or more consenting adults and i think that as long as there's consent and you're talking about healthy intimacy you've got boundaries and there's Mm -hmm. respect i think it's a beautiful human natural thing and so as a single woman i want to do whatever the hell i want and i love that i love that i've gotten to the point where i'm a grown woman and i'm like i'll do whatever i want with agency and i'll respect myself And I won't put myself in situations where I'm going to be hurt or I'm being used by someone. But so long as it's consensual and healthy, I'm going to have a bloody good time. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? uh, Like, is that as long as you have those preambles? Yes. uh, To say that this is it. It's not just anything and everything, anytime, anywhere. No, because you're not exactly. You're not. You're not somebody's like booty call. Like I get that. Yeah. I said have those preambles so you have your understanding. I, I would say it's okay. And the entire universe has evolved as time mm. went along. And what do you think today won't be exactly the same what you're going to think about tomorrow. Mm. Mm-hmm. New versions of these thoughts will come. And as I say, if you're not willing to change... You're you left, left behind. behind. You're left behind. <laughs> not, not only that. I, I use this in my teaching yeah. to businesses. Yeah. The need to change. Evolve. So mm. what I tell them is... If you're willing to change, the capacity to change is spelt L-I-F-E. What? The capacity. Life, Maria. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Do you think L-I-F-E was just like a foreign just, tongue that I, he was speaking in? I was, yeah, so. I honestly. The capacity heard, to change no, no, is life. Because I, I was trying to spell change and I'm like, well, that's not how you spell change. <laughs> <laughs> so, Girl, the capacity to change. That is life. 
that's life and <laughs> capacity to change and, and the people who are not willing to change do not understand yes. change that can be spelled as d e a t h don't do it again Marie. <laughs> you're doing it again so what i'm trying to say is change is a sign of life no 100% and so i i think dad like what you've said you know about evolving and needing to keep your thinking open i like that because uh, as a society we've progressed and in so many ways and that's such a that's such a basic thing to say but if you look at the history of the world yes people change society changes the way we date changes the way we have families it's evolved like the way we work evolves on a daily basis you know so just keep yourself open and i think what's really come through and is a beautiful thing is We don't have to agree on everything, but what I love is that at the very least we respect each other. For sure. And I think as a family unit, it's brought us closer because we can yeah. laugh at our differences, but I feel like we can have very honest conversations and I personally so love true. telling mum and dad about everything. So, do you know what funnily enough when we were on the way here, so we were driving and Lisa calls me. So my best friend Lisa, I'm on the phone to her and I'm speaking some mad shit about everything in my personal life. I'm talking about people I know, very crude topics, but stuff them saying right in front of my dad and even Lisa was like, "Hang on, aren't you sitting in the car with your dad?" And my dad was sitting right there. I'm like, "Look, I'll be honest. I can pretty much tell my dad anything because if there's anything I can't tell him, I probably shouldn't be doing it." I think that's really great. Yeah. And and just to round this episode out, I think sure. then dad, if there are parents who are listening that want to know, you know, maybe they find talking about sex and talking about sexuality and gender identity or whatever, if they're feeling uncomfortable to talk to their kids about this, maybe because of how they're raised, maybe because of the nature of the topics, what is the advice you would give them and why do you think it's worth starting to open up conversations so like this I would think if there are parents out there for whatever reason they are bringing their cultural background whatever it is uh, if they feel awkward about it I would say yes it's okay to feel awkward mm. but you need to realize also that we need to have an open mind and we need to understand Why are you called parents? Because you got kids. Mm-hmm. And therefore it is our primary responsibility to love and look after those kids. Mm. And if we have to change the way we think to support them, then we need to. Mm. That's why you're parents. What about parents in the case of because again, there thankfully you guys did go down that route and you are someone who Again, even from anything that you say you might regret it actually taught you that you may need to be a little bit more liberal with your beliefs. But what if there are parents out there that aren't even there yet where it's like, well, this is what we know from our faith or our teachings. What kind of advice would you give someone to even convince them that they need to be more open? So those who are conventional people, if they are putting everything onto their faith or their religion, their commitments that way, I think we need to look at ourselves to understand what is the religion really telling you mm. no religion no no religion ever teaches you to hate mm. every religion asks us to love mm. mm-hmm. and then if there is anybody that needs to be loved in our innermost circle is our own yeah but also wanting to respect that within certain faiths and within certain religions like understand that they do have conservative views on sex or sexuality and things like that but i i think the beautiful thing that's coming through here is that at the very least 
try and have an open mind. And even if, say, it's your kids or a relative or whoever, if there's someone that is presenting or living in a certain way that conflicts with what you're taught to believe and value, at the very least, meet them with an open mind and a non-judgmental heart exactly. because know at the core of every religion it's love. And and I think it's, it's a beautiful thing to come back to that because very often it's man-made interpretations that teach judgment about certain lifestyles and about people's identities and things like this. And I love that that's why you've been able to go from being a super conservative ex-priest trying to raise kids in a very different context to being this man who's like, I would rather know what my kids are doing and I want to be there for you and I want to celebrate with you and talk about things with you when I don't understand. And all I'm going to say is for kids who are listening and you want to have that relationship with your parents, I say it has taken years. It is not like overnight mum and dad got here. Mum mm-hmm. and I still have uncomfortable conversations that are clumsy and awkward. They don't always get it. But I think there's so much value in just keeping the conversation open and recognizing that at the end of the day, I meet mum and dad with a level of understanding too on this is decades of conditioning that they are unlearning just to have this conversation with me. Mm-hmm. I don't expect things to be perfect overnight. But if you get to a point where, you know, you are trying to, to make your parents, you know, be more open and, and you want to change their thinking. And if it's not happening, I am still someone who will say, don't lose yourself to please someone else. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that, like, you know, if the way you want to live and the th- things you're doing, if you can't share that with your parents, whether you're gay, whether you're a sexual person, whether you're whatever it is, I would really encourage people not to lose themselves trying to fit into someone else's idea of, of what they should be because you can't change anybody else and you're only responsible for yourself. So live the truest version of yourself respectfully, try and take your family on the journey if that's something you wanna do. And best case scenario is they end up like my parents. And I think that's a a beautiful thing. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud. Yeah, you should be. Yay. Yay. On that note, that's probably going to wrap up episode two. And I just have to say, what? Oh my gosh, we have created the Marie at the Till show and I could not be more excited and grateful to have this space where I can let you into my world. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you took away some value. I hope you laughed. I hope you felt something. But importantly, I hope you felt excited to join me again next time. Be sure to like, subscribe, tell your friends, send this to somebody, save it, share it, spread the word because the Marie Thatil Show is by me, it's for you and I cannot wait to see you next time.